Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Hey, how are ya? And welcome back to another installment of the Nightcap. We appreciate you choosing to to join us and talk some Golden Knights hockey tonight via the CBS Sports Radio 1140 Signal or on the Radio.com app. Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host always and forever. And per usual, for the second week in a row now, things are starting to settle in here a little bit, Benji. I am uh, joined by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Ben Goats. Hello, Ben. Yo, yo, what's up? What? Not a lot. You're wearing a Hawaiian shirt with flamingos on it, and it is really, it is bumping up my motivation and my mood a little bit. I'm not going to lie, and I'm here for it. I mean, I told you, it was nice outside this past. Last weekend, I got it to was. be outside with my lovely girlfriend and dog for mm-hmm. brunch and walks. It was amazing. The Bachelor finale part one is tonight, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Going to watch that after I get done here. It's a good day. Knights are playing the Oilers for first place in the Pacific Division. We got mm-hmm. fun March hockey going on, too. We do. It feels like the playoffs have kind of already started. And it has felt like that for a while, but tonight's matchup, which is mere moments away, and if you... Trust me, we get it. You want to watch the game. But all you got to do is put the game on mute and keep us on. And we could supplement as we go along. See what we're doing here, Ben? Absolutely. Because we... we Complimentary we, viewing experience. We understand. The game is starting and it's a huge game. And, and one that is definitely, I think, up there in the top three games for the season so far. But um, we are going to talk plenty about that. And we're going to talk uh, a, lo- a little bit about everything. Because there's a lot going on in the hockey world in general. But a lot going on with your Golden Knights. But before we get to all of that, Ben, where can we find all your facts? your knowledge, your innermost thoughts. Yeah, you can uh, go to reviewjournal.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Ben S. Goats. That is G-O-T-Z. I just got verified, so it's even oh more official. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. Got that so, blue check mark, y'all. I'm so proud of you, Ben. And I honestly, I'm just happy to be associated. This is a big day for all of us here, but especially for you, Ben. I don't want to discount that. No, when I got that email uh, in from Twitter and I got followed by the official Twitter verified account, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like no I've made it. No wonder you're wearing the shirt. 
it, I've been brimming with confidence as the fact that I'm wearing this shirt clearly proves. You are living your best millennial life right now, literally. Just the brunch the, with the with the fam and the shirt and the hockey and the bachelor. It's all there in a bag it's of chips. It's all happening. It is. It is coming up all Ben Goats, uh, at least this Monday. But now we've addressed all of that, as Shane from Malong said. Let's get down to business, as we always do in the first segment. We kind of uh, look back at the week that the Gold Knights had, and they had uh, three games this past week, and they went... Two and one. That first game being against the New Jersey Devils last Wednesday, Ben, where they won three to nothing. Anything major that that stemmed from that game, other than just straight up domination and a, and a shutout win for for Mister Leonard? Yeah, New Jersey was bad. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that was my main take. Like, I don't think the Knights played particularly well, and I think they no. would admit to not playing particularly well, but. Boy, New Jersey just looked bad. Outside of Mackenzie Blackwood, their young goaltender. He was goal as tender, advertised, I will who, say yeah, that. He, we knew that he had come in on a hot streak. I think he actually played well enough to probably get a better result in that game. But his teammates, I mean, woof, the turnovers, the bad passes. It was just really, really rough hockey to watch. I'm sure if you're a New Jersey Devils fan, for the oh, Knights, God. they kind of were able to get by with like a C-plus, B-minus effort and still waltz to victory mm-hmm. in that one, which... When you get down to March, is totally fine at this point of the season if you take care of business at home before heading out for what is still, as we enter Game 3 of a five-game really important road trip for them. That was a good way for them to kind of end that long home stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And and a good way to cap off a run where they, they lost the game before, but overall, they've still been running pretty hot. They're still 8-2-0 they're still in their last 10. And then, you know, they followed up that really, well, it was an okay effort. It was an okay game, but like you said, two points, that's all that matters. They did not come anywhere close to securing two points against the Winnipeg Jets last Friday when they lost four to nothing. And for me, Ben, I didn't watch that entire game live, but what from when I looked back, I'm like, yeah, that game was pretty much lost in the first minute. Yeah, they got smoked. I mean, just in the first period, they're down three nothing after one. Connor Hellebuck is not going to let you back in a game like that with the way that he's playing right he's now. He's going to win the Vesna this year. He absolutely should he, win the Vesna. If he doesn't, I'm, I call shenanigans. Well, I would say the more interesting discussion with Connor Hellebuck at this point is honestly how much Hart Trophy discussion It's very Carey Price-like, you're right. Yeah, I mean, the more I thought ways. about it, the more that uh, he should at least get consideration for high up on the ballot. But needless to say, you can't let the Winnipeg Jets get up on you like that. You get it. It's the first game of a long road trip for the Golden Knights. They mm-hmm. practiced the day before in uh, here in Las yeah. Vegas, which is not something they normally do. They usually kind of fly out earlier to get acclimated sure. to, you know, that time change to the new city and all that. Uh, instead, they kind of arrive a day later than they normally do and had a sleepy first period, which the Jets just annihilated them. And that was kind of the story of that game. And the Jets, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot 100%, right now. Very motivated they're at home. And they've got the horses to if you oh, yeah. don't come with your A plus effort right off the bat, they can get all over you. I mean, I think their top four forwards, which would be Patrick Laine, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and Kyle Connor. It's pretty damn good. Right. You can stack that up against the top four of basically anybody Anyone. in the league. Anyone. Their so, defense has been the problem for them this year. They literally ooh, hemorrhaged so all of it. But Connor Hellenbuck, that's why he's in consideration for Vesna. And as you said, even Hart a little bit, because it doesn't make sense the way that team is built and how they've played for them to still be in this race. And that's just kind of the, the name of the game this year, at least in the Western Conference. It's been nuts. Yeah, so you understand why the Knights, you know, if you have a sleepy effort, you're going to get scored on. And so that game was lost really early on. And sure. then... You know, the Jets kind of were able to ride it up from there, which is a huge two points for them because they're in a very, very thick pack of contenders for the, the wild card spots in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, absolutely. It was just an absolute 
just dumpster fire of a game. And those happen once in a while. But, I, like, Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't get any goal support for the second game in a row. I don't care if you're Patrick Wild, Marty Brodeur, and, 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 and Guy Lafleur. Like, if you're all that in a bag of chips, you're not going to win games. Your team doesn't score. And so, hopefully they can get uh, him back on track, that being Marc-Andre Fleury tonight, because he is getting that start against the Oilers. But the the most recent game, which actually was yesterday afternoon, last night, was that 4-3 to three win versus Calgary. And, you know, tonight's the next biggest game in the season. But last night was a huge game as well. Same divisional opponent. They're not directly behind them, but they're de- they're in the third place. They're they're right in it. They were the Pacific Division champions last year, and they build up a three three goal lead. And honestly, I I think they should have had a much bigger lead based off of how running around Calgary was in their defensive zone. I thought Mike Giordano looked absolutely exposed last night. But what happens is that you get Milan Lucic to score a goal or you get and 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 you don't see him score very often. So when he does, that kind of creates a little bump, a little pep in the step and you go five hole on a two on one on a really bad pinch. And I don't think the Gold Knights were necessarily playing to a three nothing lead up to that caliber. It's just that they jumped on him really early. Didn't you? What, what was your read on that? Yeah, overall, I thought the Knights played a pretty good road game. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a Calgary, which is a tough place to play the knights have had some pretty bad mm-hmm. results there and so when you jump on them early the opposite of that winnipeg game where now the knights were the aggressors the knights were the ones smothering kind of the flames you know i thought it was a deserved two points for the golden knights we can get more into kind of the late game theatrics there yes but theatrics you, is a great they word. go up uh three nothing and kind of everything that calgary needed to have happen for them to get back in that game happened mm-hmm. where as you mentioned the knights have a bad pinch the flames go the other way on a three-on-one lucy goes five hole right and on all a of wide a sudden it's open look Yep. Martinez takes a penalty in the corner. Flames get a power play. Well, mm-hmm. they score on the power play. Well, that's all what of a sudden, people it's do against the mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you know, kind of everything gets tensed up for entering the third period because that was made it 3-2 after two. Even then, I thought the Knights played actually a really good road third period where they basically sure. just didn't let the Flames have the puck that much. And they were really smothering kind of the life out of that game. They weren't allowing mm-hmm. the Flames to really make a push. And then, you know, one transition play happens, the Flames... It only takes one play. Exactly. The Flames tie the game. And, of course, what ends up happening is that Shea Theodore answers it you know, just a couple minutes later with a shot, really bad angle shot that gets deflected on the way, gets past David Riddich, who just did not have a good night. Awful night for He him. was fighting the puck. He just looked yeah. uncomfortable. Every time he even made a save, he was Correct. just kind of... Everywhere. He was, it looked, it just looked like a garage sale. Anytime you see your goalie on the butt, like, it's not good. And there was multiple times where he was completely sprawled out or out of position. And that's just a guy that wasn't playing confident. Like, that's just, that happens in games sometimes. But it was especially telling for me, to, for Shea to score that goal. Because in that play before, in the goal against, that, that was the equalizer, it wasn't all of his fault, but it, like th- there, you had three forwards that were way too low. But he took a bad angle in the neutral zone. He bit towards the middle, and they put the puck back towards the boards and beat him in a foot race. He turns around, and all of a sudden, you're in a you're in a two on one position, and Shafty Door is basically rendered useless. And so it's. Just for him to make that type of mistake, even though it's not all of it, all of his, but it was very blatant what his part in it. I thought it said a lot, not just for him as a player and his development uh, over the course of the season. He's becoming a very, very, very bright star in this league uh, over the course of his career, but especially this season. But just to be able to go out and be like, you know what? 
I'm just going to shoot this. I'm just going to go for it. I don't care. Like, let's just see what happens. Because that's that's hockey sometimes. Sometimes you just throw stuff at the net and it gets bounced around and it goes and it doesn't make any sense. But you have to be willing to go and you have to be willing to make that decision in that split second. And usually most people, when you give up a goal like that, when you make a mistake like that, you start to second guess yourself a little bit, just oh, a totally. little bit uh, subconsciously. So I thought like you, look, I, I agree. I thought it was an overall good road win. It's never great to, to spot a three goal lead and then all and and then all of a sudden allow them to call, climb back. But if they lose, it's a very different conversation. At the end of the day, no, totally. They figured it out, right? And I think you got to give them credit for, especially at this time of the year, figuring out a way to respond to that adversity mm-hmm. quickly too. Because as you know, you said they give up that three nothing lead. It's all of a sudden three three with I believe it was about three and a half minutes left yeah. in the third period. All of a sudden, if you're the Knights, you're staring at are we only going to get one point really? out of a game where I mean, right. like I said, for the most part, I thought. They played a really good road game. Mm-hmm. They, you know, controlled the puck for the most part. They didn't allow the Flames a lot of time in the offensive zone. All the chances the Flames created ended up being off the rush, off of broken plays. Mm-hmm. And so the United, I'm sure you're second guessing yourselves on the bench, especially against a team that you might see in the first round of the playoffs, 100%. which we, you know, haven't addressed with basically all the teams that they're playing on the road trip. The Jets. Very much a possibility that that could be the matchup. The Flames, an even stronger possibility that right. could be the first round matchup. So the fact that you know you then responded to that adversity, scored the goal, got the empty netter from Jonathan Marchessault, who breaks his own sco- goal streak, ten big, games, right? Yeah, goal drought for mm-hmm. himself. You know, in you know early March, I think is huge because then you can have that confidence if you do end up playing the Flames in about mm-hmm. a month here in early April to say. Hey, if something bad happens in the playoffs or we have to go in overtime we've already in the playoffs, done it. right? We've done it here. Mm-hmm. We know we can do it against this team. And we know that even when we get bad breaks against this team, if we keep kind of playing that style of play, we're going to end up getting the results that we need. You're absolutely right, Ben. And that's something that we weren't seeing from this Gold Knight squad early on the season, even parts of the early part of this new year, but something they've definitely developed uh, a grit to them. And they're going to need that going forward, not just for their, their game that's just getting underway here against Edmonton, but every single game through the rest of this regular season and every single game in the playoffs should they find themselves lucky enough to find themselves there. All right, we have to take our first intermission, but when we come back, we are going to explore Explore uh, the goaltending situation because each of our goalies here, Mark Andre Fleur and Robin Leonard, have had three games uh, in the Vegas Gold Knights crease. Uh, as I said, Mark Andre Fleur is just getting uh, underway for his fourth. But we're going to kind of take some grades, see what it means for what they're playing right now, how that bodes for the next couple weeks and in the playoffs and beyond. Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown, and that's Ben Goats, and this is the Nightcap live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. <laughs> Unfiltered hockey talk for Golden Knights fans. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Hey, how are you? And welcome back to the Nightcap. As we kick off the second portion of the show, I would like to remind you that it's super, super easy to listen back to this show, any past episode, any future episode, anything Golden Knights or NHL related, anything I've done, you can find that on Apple Podcasts. You can find that on the radio.com app. You just got to search it out, include the V nightcap and hit that purple subscribe button. Leave some comments, some compliments, complaints, whatever you got to do, just use, you know. 
let's just keep it PG at least. Uh, we, we never know who's looking through the reviews. But other than that, make sure you follow those and subscribe to those. And follow me on Twitter at LindsayBrown35. It's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, brown like the color, and the numerical value of 35. And as usual, uh, I am joined by... Ben Goats. Hello, Benji. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, we are both basically sharing a laptop watching this Edmonton Oilers game uh, versus your Golden Knights fold out. And uh, unfortunately, the Oilers have struck first. It just uh, almost halfway through the first period. So the Golden Knights will be chasing this game because the last time uh, they won three to nothing. So this will be some uncharted territory because the only other time they've played uh, the Oilers was like in November. I think. And the Oilers just looked like they were playing a different sport than the Knights. They well, just skated the, the heck out of them. They were Backing up some serious early season points, being Leon Drysdale and Connor McDavid at that point, and and Connor McDavid is not playing tonight, so that's that's definitely a win in the column for your Golden Knights. Hopefully, Connor's all good. I think he's just sick. Um, uh, but Hope he's just sick with something normal. Yeah, really, honestly. And yeah, I know they just got up to Canada. Yeah, and trust me, we are going to talk about that actually on the other side of the next break because there is a lot of coronavirus talk around the NHL and just all of the major sports in general that everyone should just kind of be aware of because we are living in a time that everyone should be very confident cognizant of what's going on. So we want to provide that to you and and the angle that it takes on the Golden Knights and how it affects you. But before we get to that, Ben, we wanted to talk about the goalies because this is the goalies are the best people on the hockey team in general. But yeah, they search they sure think they, so. Yeah, well, oh, yeah they I sure that joke. Yeah, I do. I that was a good one. But Thank we you. have two really good goaltenders on this team now now that they've they went on trade for Robin Leonard from the Chicago Blackhawks just a few weeks ago and while Marc Andre Fleury is making his fourth start right now for Golden Knights, they have they both of them have made three. And so it's it's a good uh sample size for both. Not a super healthy one, but enough to kind of get speculative, maybe try to gleam some details because there aren't that many games left in the regular season. And and the rotation that they've been going has basically been every other Ben. And I don't think that's going to be the same thing throughout the regular season. I think sooner or later, you're going to have to tip your cap towards one. And for the most part, everyone, I think, agrees that this is Mark andre Fleury's team. This has been from the inception. He has had a, had a, a decent year. It's, he's gone through some tough stuff. He's dealt with some injuries. He's dealt with a lot of personal things. And, and the team itself has dealt with a lot of it, uh, periods of adversity. Um, and, but nonetheless, in the three games that they had both started when, when we were prepping for the show, Ben, Fleury had gone one and two, and Leonard had gone three and oh. Yeah. So, so far, so good on the trade front. And uh, I will say, with the two losses that Fleury ha- has, has gotten in his last three games, he had z- literally zero goal support. Literally zero. So it's going to be tough to win those games when you're not getting any help. Yeah, I would say in, in both cases, you can put a lot of blame on the forwards, too. I mean, in the first one being that Kings game, like, Anze Kopitar was left wide was open. Wide open the back door. Like, Who one needs- of the few offensive threats to the Kings was left wide open a couple times hard to blame flurry and as we talked about already i mean that jets game the jets have some really good forwards it's hard to stop patrick line when he can settle down yeah, really. a bouncing puck as well as he can and get off such a hard shot and you know didn't matter how many goals flurry let up in that one if he only let up one he was going to lose and that's not necessarily fair to him correct so i want to ask you ben because now that we've had some time has passed and it's been so long since the nhl trade deadline has, has been in our rear view mirror day day of trade if you if you had to say like who starts in the playoffs, the playoffs start today. If the the day the Gold Knights made the trade for Robin Leonard, who do you who do you deviate or not deviate to? Who do you lean to? Mark Andre Fleury, and I don't even think it's a question mark. And I'm still, despite how good Robin Leonard has played so far, and I actually thought last night wasn't really great for him compared to his first two starts, especially where I thought he was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still would you know lean 
very heavily, like 85-90% to Mark andre Fleury at this point, okay. just because of everything at he's... At this point or back when the trade was made? Both. I really? still think it's... I still would be very stunned. At this point, as we're sitting here on March 9th, so this can still change depending on circumstances in about a month or so when the playoffs would actually begin, if Fleury was not given the first game of the playoffs, and then obviously from there kind of all bets are off because I think certainly we've already seen early on in Pete DeBoer's tenure as coach of the Knights, the dude isn't afraid to do what he thinks is best for this team to win. And right. dude knows that he was brought in here because this team made a coaching changement season with the mandate of, we think this roster is good enough to win now. Right. And I think trading for Robin Leonard, who is kind of a luxury piece, honestly, if 100%. we're you know, addressing what his value is going to be in the playoffs. There's a good chance that Robin Leonard provides zero value in the playoffs, but the Knights still wanted to trade for him as an insurance policy and a potential fail-safe option. So that is the luxury of all luxury buys at the trade deadline, which I think shows you how serious the Knights are about this specific run to the Stanley Cup. Right, because we've seen what the Golden Knights aren't necessarily late to the party for the tandem goaltending option, but they're not an early adopter by any means. They're they're Boston has utilized it. St. Louis has utilized it. We've seen teams over the last couple of years that have found success really place an emphasis on making sure that their, their goalies were seeing more split time rather than having one guy go 75 and the other guy go 25. But that changes in the playoffs and for good reason because at least so far, and that's my next question you, Ben, after, after I get through this, because usually you want to ride the hot hand. When you're going through regular season, at least that's the old way of thinking. That's And, and most of the time, that's what works out. But when you have goaltenders where they're a little bit up there in the age like Marc-Andre Fleury, or they've had an especially tough season injury-wise or just playing-wise, because sometimes you just have those years where just nothing seems to be going right. Timing's off, you're, and, and just that negative reinforcement if you're getting scored on a lot. I mean, look at what happened to Corey Schneider for God's sakes. Like that guy got his first win of the season, like literally three weeks ago. And he was getting paid six and a half million dollars to play in the AHL for the last season and a half. Like this game could, can turn on you very quickly and it can turn back. And that, and that's the kind of the precarious thing with the goalie, because it's not just about how you're playing physically, but it's so much about the mental thing because your team is very much their mood, their speed, their tenacity. Everything is so much dependent on the goaltender and how they're approaching the game. And there's no better example than that Winnipeg game that we just saw a couple nights ago. Marc-Andre Fleury, while it, it's a weird goal nonetheless, but he overslides, puts himself out of position. He starts moving around and making, it's just chaotic. And it's not even, a, at first glance, it looks like, well, the guy went behind the net, passed out to the slot, one-time finish. No, the guy just kind of went around and threw the puck on net and it went off Marc-Andre Fleury's pads but if he's not over sliding if he's in his crease or against the post like that that goal doesn't happen like he shouldn't have to commit to guys left-handed going up the left side that far like that's just that's not what you do but that's where I kind of run into this issue Ben because I feel like granted limited sample size right now you it would be hard if you're going to say a hot hand it would be hard to say we're not going with Leonard really honestly oh, totally. and so do you think that this year we might see, I'm not saying the Golden Knights, but a team like Boston, like St. Louis, another team that utilizes the tandem goaltender, do you think we'll see that through the playoffs, or do you think it's still going to be riding the hot hand? What do you think? Oh, I think it's totally going to be tandem, because we've seen it in so many recent playoff series, even on the teams that ended up hoisting the Stanley Cup. I mean, perfect example, the Washington Capitals, the year that they beat the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup, 
Braden Holtby didn't start their first playoff game. I remember that. Philip Grubauer did, and I believe he started two games, which they lost to the Blue Jackets, if I am not mistaken. Yep, you're and then they're right. like, we're going back to Holtby, and Holtby, of course, ends up leading to the Cup. But that's and not a tandem he, tandem. They started with somebody else, and then they went Holtby the rest of the way, right? Yeah, but see, like, what where this all fascinates me, because even with the Pittsburgh Penguins before Marc-Andre Fleury became a Golden Knight, mm-hmm. he still made spot starts in the playoffs right. leading up to the Penguins ultimately hoisting the cup with Matt Murray as their starting goaltender in back-to-back years. So I don't, like the tandem, like I don't see them altering every other start as no. they're doing right now with Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Is there, you know, a moment every series or so where Pete DeBoer might seriously consider switching his goaltenders. I think that's something that's going to be brought up in the coaches meetings a lot for the Golden Knights. Oh, for sure. And it's a problem that, you know, they've obviously created for themselves and it's something they're going to have to discuss, not just in terms of who's our better goaltender, but who does our team feel more confident with? Correct. Who are we going to put in the right frame of mind yeah. to do well? Because, you know, one of the reasons I bring up they're for sure not going to alternate them during the playoffs is, I think that would just mess with the goaltender's psyche too 100% much. 100% it does. 100% it does. Yeah, absolutely. At least if they're not on the same page. Like, you can work this out, but if if if, if the lines of communication aren't fully open and everybody's not on board and, and the plan isn't stuck to, or at least, like, I, for me, it's more about leash. Like, how much leash does Marc-Andre Fleury, if he has a bad game or two, like, how how... Uh, how how much are they going to be uh, inclined to switch over to Leonard? That's the really fascinating thing for me. But you're absolutely right. It's a psychological thing because you need to these guys need to know exactly what they're preparing for. And even if you're a backup, you're still preparing. Be like, yeah, I could potentially see the net. But it's it's a much different thing. It's a much different mindset. No, and the, you bring up leash, and that question is so fascinating because I brought it up earlier. You've got a new coach in Pete DeBoer who hasn't been through playoff battles with Mark Andre Fleury yet, so mm-hmm. maybe Fleury doesn't know. How long his leash is. Right. They just changed out their goaltender coach situation where Dave Pryor's kind of moved to a different level of the organization. Mm-hmm. He's not around the team day to day anymore. And that was so Flurry's does that guy. affect how mm-hmm. much leash Flurry thinks he has? These are all going to be fascinating questions leading into the playoffs. And I, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a definitive answer you know, heading into the playoffs, but especially once we get there. Because like I said, I feel fairly confident that it will be Flurry mm-hmm. game one. But you have opened that door now to if he struggles game one, game two, what's right. going to happen? If he plays well game one, then struggles in game two, that's still going to be a question. Sure. And so it's going to be interesting to hand, or see how not only the Knights handle that situation and their two goaltenders, but how then Flurry and Leonard handle, you know, not just, you know, bozos like us questioning him after every game. Sure. Like, hey, let in a couple soft ones there. Do you feel worried yeah. that they're going to switch you Let's watch the tape out? as a team, shall we? Let's do a little review session for sure. Absolutely. And we all know goaltending is so, so important in the playoffs. Like you get a it's hot goalie. Thing. It's the easiest thing to say is like you get a hot goalie. It's boom, the thing. Ride it as far as it'll take you. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases like Jordan Bennington last year it can take you pretty far. Yeah. And so the Knights have to figure out with this new situation that they've created themselves, how do they get one of those guys hot? And then how long are they willing to stick with the guy once they feel that he is the hot one, he is going to be the guy? Yeah. And to make sure that there's no hurt feelings or at least ones that are going to translate across to the ice. And those are a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of questions that need to be answered. But there's going to be a different dynamic for us going forward, probably for the foreseeable future. And that's what we're going to get into next. Uh, We have to take our second break here. uh, And we are going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and its effect on the NHL and the other major sports and what that means for coverage for your Golden Knights and, and our lives, Ben. You know, 
Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever. And this is The Nightcap, live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. Time for a little dump and chase. The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. And it is time for that super special dump and chase segment that usually occurs during the 35th minute of every hour because 35 was uh, my hockey number and the greatest number of all time. So we try to commemorate it, but usually we are late, and that's what we are today. In uh, the dump and chase, we all know you get the red, you dump the puck in, you go on the four check, you you get possession back, and you put it back in the front, and you put it in the back of the net. Hopefully that's what the Golden Knights will figure out what to do against the Edmonton Oilers. But our version is just where we bring random topics and streams of consciousness that we've thought about during the week and that we throw out there to discuss. And today's topic, Ben, is one of the biggest news stories that other than Tom Brady, basically, uh, whatever whatever wind is blowing him that, that, uh, that day. But we have the coronavirus and it is now affecting literally every single aspect of our lives and it's crazy as it should it's a very serious thing it's 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 not necessarily just about you and your health it's about making sure that you're taking care of yourself so that takes care of other people around you it's a personal responsibility thing right benji absolutely and i joke about kind of you know connor mcdavid being absent from the game that we're kind of half paying attention to right now but mm-hmm. it is like a you know super serious thing and obviously everyone's health and the health of you know not just obviously NHL players but you know us everyone listening the priority of everyone kind of out Families, there is yeah. you know absolutely top top priority as it should be for everyone right now yeah and it came down uh, was it yesterday or saturday that they were essentially going to shut down uh media sessions in locker room after the game that we were usually in there and just so everybody knows like it's not like when we go in there that they're stripping down and doing stuff like they're already it's crazy how fast professional hockey players get out of their stuff and into their their cool down stuff. But regardless, we're not going to be allowed in there anymore because they're just trying to you know control the the exposure to different people. We don't know that everybody spends time in airports when you're in our business or or their on their side of the business. So it gets kind of crazy. But then today, basically, we found out that the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and Major League Soccer went on a conference call because they've all been kind of in uh, conversation with one another as this situation has unfolded, much like most of us are, and that they said after consultation with the infectious disease and public health uh, experts that all of the sports, no locker room time. And this is kind of crazy because I don't think it's ever gotten to this point, at least not when we've been working, Ben, where where we've experienced this in our jobs. But you and I grew up in the generation where we had Y2K. We had the bird flu. We had the swine flu. We had SARS. We had all of these things happen. And so I think that's kind of uh, one of the divides about this particular virus. And and there's a little bit of a generational thing there, too, of, of some people are over-preparing, like buying every single sheet of toilet paper that has ever been produced in America. Costco is just insane right now. Insane. And then you have people that are just like, oh, I'm supposed to be quarantined? I'm just going to go do stuff like both of those things are not good. Those are the two ends of the extreme. And so uh, I just want to get your take on it because I know you, you, I've been in the business, not, not nearly as long as you, but it's not like we're, we're working with 10, 15 year careers here. How do you think this is going to change things for the fans? If at all, and, and, and things for us as well over the next couple months, do you think it's going to be a really big disruption? You know, honestly, I don't know because I think there's so much just unknown with this whole situation right now. I should mention Nate Schmidt just scored a power play goal to tie the Knights and the Oilers game at 1-1 in the first period. Um, But to get back to what I'm saying, 
you know, this thing has already escalated just so quickly where, I mean, right. today we learned that basically all Italian soccer matches are canceled. Like, yeah. they're off. Yeah. They're stopped playing the sports. They're basically on lockdown the entire the next country. two months. Right, of Italy. So if you had told me even a couple weeks ago that things were going to get that out of hand where we had basically a whole country just shut down, right. I would have said you're crazy. So I don't exactly know where the situation is headed because I think we're already in kind of a crazy unprecedented territory right now. For I mean, sure. As you mentioned, I haven't you know, exactly been uh, in this business that long to really kind of get a full scope of how crazy this is. But to me, it feels like I said, uh, just a really, really rare step for all these leagues to take. I hope that it's a temporary step right? once kind of all this calms down. But that's obviously selfish right now. I totally, as I said earlier, understand that, you know, the health of the players is the priority right now because Mm -hmm. that's what it should be. But it does feel like we're just in very rare territory with everything right now. Right. And and there were meetings down down in uh, Florida this week. They were discussing some rule changes, doing their usual meetings, and they were discussing some contingency plans for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because if this escalates further, which in all likelihood it could, like we don't know, every day is kind of a new adventure. We're all working in that, in that kind of that realm, but we might have some Stanley Cup games that are played in front of no one. Which we, like I said, we had that already in Italy where they had soccer matches right. played in front of no one. Weird looking. Like, you totally get it, but it was a super weird thing to kind of, like, actually, like, see the Twitter videos of. Right. Of just this silent, empty arena where you can actually hear guys kind of shouting at each other. Sure. Of where to go on the pitch, you know, where they want their passes and everything. For sure. Where, like I said, it's it's unprecedented territory, at least for me. And honestly, this this affects the game. This does. And not not to say, like, it's a difference between a win and a loss, but the atmosphere, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we know how crazy crazy it is. We know how crazy it is here, but not not just here, but other places across the NHL and and how much that crowd can boost up a team, especially in hockey, because it just sometimes gets so loud and hockey such a momentum game because it's so free flowing. It's just like it's going to be weird if that happens, not just for the viewing experience, not just for that, but but for the results, because I feel like it could have I'm not saying every game. But it could be the difference in some things because then you don't get nearly as big momentum swings if you're doing really well, or maybe it's it's harder for you to claw back in a in a so-called home game because there's really no home ice advantage then anymore, other than just the proximity of the travel and whatever else. It's it's weird. Yeah, it would be totally weird. It would be totally just different than uh, anything we've certainly seen. I believe, you know, a Stanley Cup a hundred years ago. Yeah, was called off Spanish because flu. of Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen people cite that as almost a precedent, but that was, of course, 100 years ago. Obviously, TV was not a concern back um, then. Most modern medicine was not invented yet. You know, the whole polio vaccine, that wasn't around yet. No, definitely no. not. So things are uh, quite a bit different since then. So, sure. yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how all sports deal with this, too, because, I mean, we have baseball that's going to start up pretty soon because spring training is kind of winding down. Right. Obviously, the NBA is getting to a similar point where their playoffs are not that far away. And, and that's, that's a different level of fan interaction, too, at NBA games as absolutely. well. Absolutely. I mean, Major League Soccer, they're just finished up week two of their regular season, so they're kind of starting out, and that's obviously a league where, you know, they're very much at the bottom of the totem pole compared to all these other ones, so they kind of sure. need that fan interaction interaction, you know, that fan engagement to try to build more fans, build a bigger audience. So how all these leagues kind of handle this setup is just going to be 
crazy fascinating moving forward. I'll submit the first period is now over. Knights and the Oilers tied 1-1 in the battle for first place in the Pacific Division. Right. And you mentioned the other sports and how they're, be, how they're being affected currently or how they might be affected. But there are other aspects of hockey that have already been canceled. The IHF actually announced that they are canceling Women's World Championships that was scheduled to be held in Halifax and Truro in Nova Scotia. And and because of the, on, of the ongoing spread of the virus, they're canceling it. The men's world is going to be up in the air. And, and, the, and the senior men's worlds where a lot of the NHL players go with they, if their team doesn't make the playoffs or if they make an early exit, ain't no NHL player going to that if it's still no. being held. There's 0% chance. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. But uh, it's, it's, it's a weird bit. It's something we have to talk about just out of you know, public service. This is a thing that we're all dealing with and it just happens to affect our jobs directly, at least today. And, and hopefully everything gets quelled down, but regardless, something that we should all be taking seriously, just wash your hands a little bit more, keep your coughs and yourself to yourself. And if you're not feeling well, take a day, stay home. We, we are not operating in like some industrial revolution type stuff here. And I know that everybody has jobs and everybody has stuff to take care of and everybody needs to make money. But like, honestly, if not for you, but do it for other people around you because you never know. It might not be because you and I shook hands, but maybe what whatever I may have gets to someone else that doesn't have the immune system you do, and then right. you don't know. Like, And that's just because you didn't wash your hands a little. Everybody can do that. No, that's the key. It's to prevent it from spreading. It doesn't necessarily mean that people are worried about, you know, the, even the player themselves necessarily getting the virus or us getting the virus. It's about... Where is it going to go next? The targeted demographics. Exactly. Right. And the key is to stopping or stopping it from spreading so those that are you know maybe older or those that have weaker immune systems For sure. don't get it. And I think that's a tune that we can all dance to. Absolutely. Not just turn on the tap and wave your hands somewhere near the water. Morons. Yes, Jim Rome. Thank you for that little tidbit of information. We have one final intermission before we send you off into the darkness. We'll stuff some oranges in our faces and retape our sticks. But on the other side of the break, we are going to take a look ahead at the Gold Knight schedule for this week and give you an update on the score for the game tonight that is happening. That has just ended at first intermission. We'll give you the scores once you stick around. My name is Lindsey Brown, and this is the Nightcap, live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. Nightcap. That's a night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio 1140. Welcome back to the final portion of tonight's Nightcap. We appreciate you joining us this evening, even though we find ourselves in the first intermission of the Gold Knights game versus the Edmonton Oilers. Ben Goats is here with me this evening, as usual. And as Shakira said, whenever, wherever, you can find and listen to The Nightcap on whatever smartphone, whatever smart device you have. Just search out The Nightcap and Apple Podcasts on Radio.com app. You can download both of those from whatever store is on that phone of yours. Just make sure to subscribe. Give us five stars because we're awesome. And uh, we are here for all of you, even when the games are being played, Ben. And I know I just said we're, they're, they're through the first period. What is the score and what is the lay of the land? Yeah. It is 1-1 between the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. The Knights have the edge on the shot clock, though, 15-3. Zoinks! I mean, that's a 
big advantage, of course, the Oilers are without Connor McDavid, as we've previously said tonight, with an unspecified illness. The Oilers got their one goal from Alex Chase on on a tip out front in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. The Knights even the score on the power play by a really nice shot from Nate Schmidt. This is, of course, the battle for first place in the Pacific Division. So sure. it's going to be really good next two periods. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm excited to catch the rest of this game once we are done with this. And then, you know, hopefully after the Knights get a win out win here against Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton, as you said, only two, pa- two points back from Vegas. So if Vegas gets this win, provides an, a really healthy cushion, at least for the rest of this week. And if they don't, that brings them even. And then the next couple games get a little bit more important, although they're all important at this time. And the next important game that they have on their schedule is back in the homeland, Ben, and you're actually going to be there. And that is against the Minnesota Wild, who will not die. And they are going to play in St. Paul on Thursday. The Wild are 35, 27, and 7. Great win total, first of all. 77 points. They're in the first wild card position because why not this year be the year where the where the Minnesota Wild are literally left for dead and they fight their way back, as they usually do, but they're five points back from the top three in the Central. How worried are you about the Minnesota Wild? I mean, I think that's a team that the Golden Knights should not necessarily be that excited to play right now in the playoffs. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Knights have historically not played that well against the Wild. Of course, no, the not. last time they went to St. Paul, they got shellacked for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Yep. Kevin Fiala, their kind of stud first line right wing, has just been on a Hair. He's been a revelation. He's been incredible the last 20 or so games. He mm-hmm. scored two goals last night, uh, one in regulation and one the overtime power play winner for the Wild in Anaheim. So he's just so, so dangerous. So that should be a really interesting potential playoff preview going on on oh, Thursday. Absolutely. And a goaltender that is definitely uh, an athletic goaltender and can play really well against teams that go north to south, that being Alex Stalock. So that's going to be a big game for, for your Vegas Golden Knights, regardless of the win or not tonight. But if they don't win, it's going to be even bigger. Then the Golden Knights will visit the Colorado Avalanche on Sunday. And the Avalanche have had their number all year. The Golden Knights are 0-2 against them this season. They lost 6-1 on October 25th, 7-3 on December 23rd. So it hasn't gone super well. But the Colorado Avalanche are second in the Central. 41 wins, 19 losses. Eight ties, 90 points, only two points back from St. Louis for overall supremacy in the Western Conference. And uh, eight, one, and one in their last 10. And it just seems like every few seconds we look, oh, they're on an eight game winning streak. And then the next they're like, ah, they've lost six in a row. But they've had the Golden Knights number all season, Ben. And hopefully they can get this win tonight and continue their winning ways because all of these points are important. And uh, I'm excited to be along for the ride the rest of the way, Ben. Thank you for uh, coming in tonight. Thanks to Mark for making things sound great. And uh, we'll be back next Monday, just like we are every Monday from 6 to 7 here, live on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. Cheers to us. And all will be. My name is Lindsay Brown, and this has been The Nightcap. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.